Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We've got a great show lined up for you today, including special guest Bob Rommel. He is our state representative here in District 106. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government, and my wife Linda will be joining us at the end of the show as well. It is July the 26th, and on this day in 1948, President Harry S. Truman signed Executive Order 9981, ending discrimination in the military. Truman's order ended a long-standing practice of segregating black soldiers and relegating them to more menial jobs. African Americans have been serving in the United States military since the Revolutionary War, but were deployed in their largest numbers during World War II. By December 31, 1945, more than 2.5 million African Americans had registered for the military draft, and with the African American women volunteering in large numbers through the war, the U.S. Armed Forces had become the number one employer of black people. By the time World War II ended, some 900,000 African Americans had served in the Army, Army Air Forces, Navy, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, and Army Nurse Corps. Black World War II veterans were eligible for a free college education under the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, the GI Bill, as well as other benefits, but most faced discrimination when trying to access their benefits. This led many veterans to re-examine their poor treatment while they were in the service. After witnessing racism in the service, Grant Reynolds uh, resigned from his commission as a World War II chaplain and joined with the activist A. Philip Randolph, a co-chair of the committee against Jim Crow in the military service and training, by composing letters and telegrams holding protests and hearings and threatening to conduct a nationwide draft resistance campaign. The committee worked with groups like the Committee on Segregation in the Armed Forces and the League of Nonviolent Civil Disobedience Against Military Segregation to demand equal treatment for black people in the United States Armed Forces. This pressure uh, from the groups pushed President Trump, uh, Truman to establish a Commission on Civil Rights, which in October 1947 issued a report calling for a Permanent Fair Employment Practices Commission, federal anti-lynching and anti-poll tax laws, and bolstering of the Department of Justice's Civil Rights Division. Truman urged that the U.S. Congress to move forward with the Commission's recommendations. When Congress rejected his pleas, Truman pushed for many of the proposals on his own, one of the most significant actions he was signing of Executive Order 9981, which states, It is hereby declared to be the policy of the President, and there shall be equality of treatment and opportunity for all persons in the armed services without regard to race, color, religion, or national origin. And a pretty significant effort. In, in 1948, I would say the military was probably the least segregated and racist place uh, in the United States uh, in the 50s. Governor Ron DeSantis gave a great speech this weekend in an interview afterward. He explained why he was initially wrong about President Joe Biden's selection of the Senator Kamala Harris as vice presidential running mate. However, he said despite Harris's shortcomings, she as an alternative to Biden, should Biden be ousted from impeachment or by the 25th Amendment, was not a viable option as a commander-in-chief in the eyes of many. 
So here's the thing. I thought Biden picking her at first was like the worst decision ever made because she's not great, DeSantis said. But she is the best impeachment insurance and 25th Amendment insurance anyone could have because as bad as Biden is, is, even though he can barely read a teleprompter, and as much as people disapprove of him, nobody wants Harris. And so that much rather stick with Biden and floundering around than actually turn the wheels of power over to somebody that is clearly in over her head. That comment from uh, DeSantis, I think, is prescient, and I'm so glad that he said it. It's so true. In addition to that, here's a kind of reversal of fee. I'm just wondering if this perhaps doesn't set the groundwork for the next uh, COVID response we have nationally. Dr. Fauci on Monday regretted not pushing more stringent COVID restrictions during an appearance on the Hills Rising. We know two and a half years afterward that anywhere from 50 to 60 percent of the transmission, and we're talking about the virus now, occurred from someone other than without symptoms, either someone who will never get symptoms or someone who is in the pre-symptomatic stage, Fauci said. Had we known then, the insidious nature of the spread of the community would have been much more an alarm and there would have been much, much more stringent restrictions in the sense of very, very encouraging people to wear masks, physical distancing, and what have you, Fauci said. Fauci also said Americans should wear masks in schools, places of work, and any place that brings people together in a closed environment. I'm not kidding, he really said that. This is not going to wash, this is not going to sell in Peoria, quite frankly. If he wants to push these mask mandates, uh, people have had it with it. And I'm, uh, quite frankly, uh, the things that he's saying about transmitting the virus, I, I don't believe they're true. He says he's Mr. Science, but I don't think he is. What do you think? Well, China delivered sterner warnings to the U.S. officials about House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to Taiwan, a foreign ministry spokesman said Monday, confirming a report from the Financial Times. The Financial Times report published on Saturday cited six people familiar with the Chinese warnings as saying they were significantly stronger than the threats the Beijing has made in the past when it was unhappy with U.S. actions or policy on Taiwan, which is claimed by China. The private rhetoric suggested a possible military response, and the Financial Times cited several people familiar with the situation, saying the White House National Security Council and the State Department declined to comment on the Financial Times report. We are seriously prepared, spokesperson Zhao Lihan uh, told reporters at a regu uh, regular briefing on Monday when asked for comment about the content of the report. Uh, when asked what kind of response China was seriously prepared for, as if it would be a military or diplomatic response, Zhao said, if the U.S. side is bent on going its own way, China will take strong measures to resolutely respond and counteract. The United States should be held responsible for any serious consequences, he added. So that sounds pretty serious. China's been stepping up military activity around Taiwan, seeking to pressure the democratically elected government there to accept Chinese sovereignty. Uh, Taiwan's government says only that the island's 23 million people can decide their future and while it wants peace, will defend itself if attacked. The Financial Times reported last week that Pelosi planned to visit Taiwan in August. On Wednesday, U.S. President Joe Biden said he plans to speak with Chinese President Xi uh, at the end of the month. President Biden appeared to cast doubt on the report, uh, reported Pelosi trip in uh, Taiwan. I think the military thinks it's not a good idea right now, but I don't know what the status is, Biden told reporters. So uh, I think uh, Pelosi is planning on going anyhow, if I'm not mistaken. As we talked to uh, Jim McTagg yesterday, he said uh, he believes that this is a fundraising trip. 
uh, that Pelosi is making to Taiwan. Can't can't believe that fundraising for uh, the Democrats uh, warrants taking the kind of a risk with the communist Chinese. Senator uh, Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Indiana, claimed that highly credible whistleblowers informed him of efforts within the FBI and the Justice Department to downplay or dismiss negative information about Hunter Biden. Grassley, the ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, wrote FBI Director Christopher Christopher Wray and Attorney General Merrick Garland alleging the resources uh, within the FBI presented to him, him evidence of attempts to downplay or discredit information about Hunter Biden. So this kind of explains why we haven't seen a lot of action about the, the Biden's laptop from hell. The information provided to my office involves concerns about the FBI's receipt and use of derogatory information related to Hunter Biden and the FBI's false portrayal of acquired evidence as disinformation. The volume and consistency of these allegations substantiate their credibility and necessitate this letter, wrote Grassley. First, it's being alleged that the FBI developed information in 2020 about Hunter Biden's criminal, financial, and related activity continued. It's further alleged that in August 2020, FBI Supervisory Intelligence Analyst Brian Otten opened an assessment in which was used by the FBI headquarters team to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and caused investigative activity to cease. Grassley's letter further alleged that just one month before the 2020 election, an avenue of derogatory Hunter Biden reporting was ordered closed by a senior FBI agent as of Bureau's Washington field office. The allegations provided to my office appear to indicate there was a scheme in place among uh, certain FBI officials to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting it was disinformation, wrote Grassley. CBS News noted that more than 150 financial transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, whose office has been investigating potential tax fraud, money laundering, and foreign influence peddling, declined to comment on whether his office was aware of the FBI allegedly labeling accusations against Hunter Biden disinformation or if it had influenced his probe. In a previous letter dated May the 31st, Grassley also accused Timothy Tebow, the senior FBI agent at the Bureau's Washington field office, of possibly violating federal laws, regulations, and Federal Bureau of Investigation guidelines. Whistleblowers have reported to me through the FBI and Justice Department maintains policies dictating specific standards requiring substantial factual predication to investigate, uh, initiate investigation. Tebow and other Justice Department and FBI employees failed to comply with these requirements, wrote Grassley. In light of these allegations, I remain very concerned that political bias by a select group of F, uh, Justice Department FBI officials have infected the Justice Department's FBI's usual process and procedure to open highly uh, high-profile and politically charged investigations, Grassley continued. He concluded by requesting records from the FBI and Justice Department by August 8th while alleging that Garland and Ray have system- systemic and ex- existential problems with their respective agencies. In addition to requesting records from the FBI and the Justice Department by August the 8th, Grassley complained about the way the Bureau and Department are being run. You have an obligation to the country to take these allegations seriously and immediately investigate, he concluded. 
Hunter, Hunter Biden could potentially face criminal charges for not registering as a foreign agent while doing business deals overseas. In 2018 and 2020, Government Accountability Institute President uh, Peter Schweitzer, if you read his book, it's terrific, uh, published uh, Secret Empires and Profiles in Corruption. Each book hit number one in the New York Times bestseller list and exposed how Hunter Biden and Joe Biden flew aboard Air Force Two in 2013 to China 10 days before Hunter's firm inked a $1.5 billion deal with a subsidiary of a Chinese government, uh, Bank of China. Schweitzer's work has also uncovered the Biden family, others' vast and lucrative foreign deals and cronyism. Uh, Breitbart uh, political editor Emma Jo Morris's investigative work on the Hunter Biden laptop from hell also captured international headlines when she, along with Miranda Devine, I've just started to read her book, revealed Joe Biden was intimately involved in Hunter Biden's businesses, appearing to even have a 10% stake in the company that uh, formed with officials at the highest levels of the Chinese government of uh, Communist Party. That is just absolutely uh, despicable. And I hope that uh, somehow, some way, that uh, Grassley gets a response to these complaints because they certainly worded it in a very respectful way, but clearly there's fraud going on right now, and it's a cover-up. And uh, these uh, FBI and the Justice Department, again, uh, playing favorites, two-tiered uh, justice system is just not right. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Bob Bromwell. He is our state representative. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state representative, Bob Rommel. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good morning, Bob, and thanks for having me on this uh, beautiful, sunny uh, Tuesday morning. Yeah, beautiful Tuesday morning indeed. Hey, Bob, your name was conspicuously absent on the ballot that we uh, filled out uh, this past week. Are you running unopposed? Uh, yeah, I'm, I am running unopposed. Myself, uh, Senator Pasadoma, and Representative Mello uh, all unopposed. Uh, so it's it's a good and bad thing. Uh, the good thing is we know that we're going to be all serving uh, next session. The bad thing is we get a lot of calls from friends and supporters saying, oh, my God, how come you're not running? But uh, <laughs> rest assured, we're running and ready to uh, continue to make sure the free state of Florida remains free. Congratulations. Well, well done, Bob. And, uh, you know, I think you're doing a great job. So I just want our listeners to understand that. Uh, one of the things that what the uh, the uh, legislature tried to deal with this past uh, session has been the insurance, property insurance uh, issue with high premium costs, companies not willing to insure, willing wanting to withdraw. And then I think I read that uh, well, some of the rating agencies have decided to downgrade the insurance companies. Where do we stand with all this? Well, I don't want to say it's up in the air, but uh, last Wednesday, a company called Demotech that rates most of the domestic carriers in Florida uh, said that he was going to an issue a downgrade uh, of 17 insurance companies that could account uh, for two or three million uh, homeowners in the state of Florida. Hmm. And what seems like something may be a rise or fishy is that in the months of June and July, all insurance companies, you know, their books are reviewed by Depart uh, Department of Insurance Regulation in Florida to make sure they're able to handle a storm. They all get reinsurance in those in those months also, and all those companies, you know, passed our test and also passed the test of the reinsurance company. So for this to come out at a time, especially. After, you know, we had a special session, I don't even remember, it was May, May or June now, and uh, we've, we, we addressed a lot of the uh, tort issues or the frivolous lawsuits or aggressive lawsuits in the state of Florida. And it's going to take time for, you know, that to work its way through the court and the lawsuits that they already had to work their way through the court system, too. So for somebody to come out and one person to come out with this downgrade to me it's, it seems uh, something is smelly and i'm not say, saying it's political but uh something's up and uh right now uh he's retracted uh the 
uh, immediate uh, downgrade and said he's going to go back to his, I guess, Excel spreadsheet. Maybe he missed a formula. <laughs> so what's his stake in this entire thing? Why, why do you think they, they, he had this kind of reaction to insurers here in Florida? You, you, you know, Bob, I, I don't know. Florida is obviously a unique state and going all the way back to Hurricane Andrew when we lost most of the carriers in the state of Florida. And obviously that was a you know awful hurricane. Uh, but ever since then, you know, we've been trying to piecemeal together a specific insurance plan for Florida. We we know we're on a peninsula, we know we have hurricanes, we know we surround you know, we're surrounded by water. And uh, you know, and I, I don't think we ever got it right. And then besides hurricanes, we saw the attack from you know the legal side uh florida in the last seven years 15 billion dollars were paid out in claims out of the 15 billion dollars 10.4 billion went to attorneys and really is that yes. is that is unconscionable well it, even some of the things that we fixed over the last year and a half uh some of them haven't been able to be implemented because uh they're suing legislation that we pass saying that it's, you know, yeah. unconstitutional or whatnot. And besides the $10.4 billion went to the attorneys, the state of Florida represents about 8% of all the homeowners claims in America. And, you know, we're, you know, we're big states so that's about right, but we represent 78% of all lawsuits re related to property insurance. So 78%, 78% did you say? Uh, that is correct. 78% of every lawsuit related to property insurance. Well, you can certainly understand the reluctance of insurance companies to participate here. and, and, and the one Yeah, they, they, they can predict hurricanes and figure out, you know, how to deal with that. But they can't, you know, with the, uh, I don't know, it seems like 10 million attorneys that we have in the state. And excuse me if any attorneys listen, some are good. And we do have some bad insurance companies. But when we're 78% of the lawsuits... Uh, some something's not right. Something's and, uh, amiss. Matter, matter of fact, I'm on my way to Orlando. This part-time job that never goes away uh, <laughs> to help deal with some of these uh, insurance issues right now. So yeah, that is such a well. Thank you for that information. I had no idea that uh, the claims coming from Florida, 70 percent of all lawsuits filed. It's just unbelievable. So, Bob, just changing topics a, a little bit. Uh, what's important to you going into the uh, 2023 legislative session, uh, what are some of the things you have your eye on in terms of uh, contributions? You know, you know, for me, I've never really uh, had like one particular thing that it's like, this is, I want this to be my legacy. For the last four years, I've been working on tort reform just because as a business owner, I, I you know, I see the unwritten tax on residents and business owners. Uh, but the one thing I'm truly concerned about, and it's really coming from the poor policies from uh, the Biden administration, and it's the hyperinflation that majority of it was self-created by poor policy in Washington. And uh, what, you know, we are concerned, you know, for our budget next year, you know, we were fortunate that our economy was so good here in Florida, and we were, you know, thoughtful in our spending that by next year, we'll probably have about $12 billion in reserves, but the economy is slowing down. Um, it's, you know, and it's slowing down here in Florida too, a little bit, not, not like the, it is in California, New York, because we're still having this population growth, but we're, we're very concerned with hyperinflation. Uh, you know, you know, our citizens are paying $5 for gasoline. They're paying $10 for milk. They're paying $10 for a loaf of bread. 
and it's you know it's limiting other things they want to do in our life and as a state with no income tax which we intend on keeping you know we have to be thoughtful and i i would say you can stand stand by we will be pushing back on washington and some other states are you know coming to us and asking what we can do as a group to push back on Washington, and we're going to push back. Oh, that's good news, Bob. I, quite frankly, I personally look at the state legislature and our governor, uh, Ron DeSantis, as a firewall against some of the idiocy that's going on in Washington, D.C. We, so we thank you so much for what you're doing. Again, Bob Bravo, our state representative, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. My pleasure. You too. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer with chronic pain and discomfort? After back surgery, I had painful tendons and muscles and difficulty standing upright. On a referral, I visited Dr. Alec at I Am Designed to Heal, Naples' only vitality and longevity practice where acupuncture, medical massage, energy healing, and integrative holistic medicine are harmonized to create a -a one-of-a-kind restorative experience. After only two visits, my pain began to dissipate and I could stand and walk more upright. It was amazing. I plan to continue my treatments to enhance my sense of well-being. Don't suffer needlessly with discomfort and pain. Improve your quality of life. See for yourself and make an appointment by visiting the website IamDesignedToHeal.com. That's IamDesignedToHeal.com or you can call or text Dr. Alec at 239-322-3817. That's 322-3817. Visit IamDesignedToHeal.com for an amazing, one-of-a-kind, restorative experience. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best, and you can get tickets now. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's a pleasure, Bob. And uh, we'll talk about, let's talk about two things. The first one is I traveled. I went from Madison to Atlanta to Naples. And then the return flight was Naples, Detroit, Madison. All I can say is if you don't have to travel, don't. 
<laughs> uh, believe me, I'm a homebody anyhow, so it's nice to stay right here on the Paradise Coast. Tell us about some of the things that are, how was it? Well, every flight was delayed. Um, our flight from Madison, they had to divert to Milwaukee because of a thunderstorm. And we hit the thunderstorm because we were delayed an hour in Detroit. But I will tell you the airports, when they say that they're busy, oh, my gosh. I would say Atlanta is claustrophobically yeah. busy with people. Like, if you want to get a coffee, you're going to wait in line behind 30, 40 people. Wow. To just get a cup of coffee. It's crazy. I don't, I don't see how this is going to get any better. I mean, I know they're hiring back a lot of people, but it's, I, I think now, you know, and I, ne I love to fly, love to travel, love to do all of that. Not anymore. I get almost travel anxiety. Yeah, I know. I well, if, certainly all the things that can go wrong, the delays, been thousands of delays and canceled flights even. And uh, to your point, the air traffic controllers, pilots, there's just a shortage of so many folks. I would imagine standing in line for coffee has something to do with being able to hire people. It's just really a strange experience right now. Uh, I Personally, I, I agree with you. I'm not, we're not traveling. Uh, we're just going to stay at home. Yeah, I, I really recommend it. It's terrible. Or like, say, you get on your plane, you think, okay, this is great. Well, then there's nobody to push the plane back from the airport. Really? So then you sit there for a while or you sit on the tarmac because there's nobody to unload you at the airport. Huh. There are so many components of flying that can go wrong and uh, and are going wrong. So my advice, stay at home if you can. Now, that's on a light note. On a different note, I've noticed that the Pope has been in Canada uh, and he's seeking atonement which I guess is another word for forgiveness uh -huh. from the Canadian, from the indigenous Canadian people. And what the Catholic Church did uh, between the 1800s and I think the 18, 1900s is that they rounded up about 150,000 indigenous children. And it's really a system of, it was cultural genocide. Huh. And it, in 4,000 kids that, that they have found thus far died. They were inhumanely treated. They were sexually abused. They were beaten. They were punished. Um, and the Pope, now this is a sentence that, that gets me kind of, un, uh, doesn't set right with me. It says, the Pope's weekend visit explicitly for the purpose of apology and reconciliation is extraordinary, even for a pontiff known for dramatic gestures of humility. Why would this be exceptional? You know, Look I, at the damage that the Catholic Church has done. You know, I, I for whatever reason, this is the first I've heard about this. So let me see if I get the story correct. What, what happened is the Pope is going to Canada, and he's going basically for atonement, for forgiveness, for the uh, indigenous people in Canada. Apparently, we've actually rounded up and uh, abused and killed 4,000 of these indigenous peoples, children. Uh, children. Between, children. Between uh, 18 and 1900. Right. It went And it went on for decades. Wow. They forcibly separated the kids from their families because they felt that the Canadian way 
lifestyle was superior to the indigenous tribal people. So they forced these kids away from their parents and then brutalized them. Wow. Well, that is that that is atrocious, and that's just uh, <laughs> I, I could certainly understand the the whole sense of bringing it to the surface and and discussing it and getting some getting some closure on that issue. But uh, you know, though, let me ask you that's that's interesting that you say that. Do you ever get closure on something like that? No. Where your grandparents were ripped from the arms of their families, sent to these horrendous schools were not allowed to leave, were sexually, culturally, psychologically, physically abused, many of them killed. I mean, does, I don't know. Do you ever get over that? Do you ever get closure on that? Well, you, I mean, the Pope coming, that's nice. But you know, I think really? we're, we're each responsible for what we do. And uh, <laughs> I don't think the whole notion of, for example, reparations for, for uh, black people in the United States, I mean, that all that to me is, is kind of nonsense. The fact of the matter is that you're born here free in the United States with opportunity, and everybody has something that's happened in their life that's been a setback. We have to deal with setbacks. Uh, it's, it is atrocious that we've done that. So for me, we should learn from it. We should understand what happened. Um, uh, uh, human beings are actually have the potential to do the things that happened in Canada and happened here in the United States. We have that part of us. That's part of who we are. We just need to understand it and make sure things like that don't happen in the future. Yeah, I guess I, you know, you know, what's happening in America uh, is a little bit different in this case in that these were all innocent kids yeah. that were forcibly uh, separated from their families. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe I'm not that good of a Christian. Um, and I, I know that forgiveness helps and I know that forgiveness is important, but boy, I'll tell you, the Catholic Church is sure done a lot of damage throughout the centuries. Oh, no question. Well, and part of, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the the movie, and I'm trying to recall the one about it, in Boston. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, Spotlight, yeah. I think the name of the movie was Spotlight, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh-huh. and it was a, a basically about a cover-up of all the atrocities of the Catholic Church against uh, innocent young people, you know, and uh, what a great movie it was, but it, it just really demonstrates uh, and I think this is symptomatic of having an institution, no matter which institution, to want to preserve itself, irrespective of uh, morality or what it's done. Right. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it is. And, you know, I think it's still going on. I think despite a lot of what the Catholic Church tried to do to to rectify some of this and, again, to put the spotlight on it, as you've said, I think a lot of it still goes on. Absolutely. Well, you know, uh, Boo. I mean, there's <laughs> so much, uh, so much hypocrisy uh, in today's day and age, and what's happening in two-tier justice system. So many different things right now that we need to be concerned about. You'd like to be able to count on, for example, uh, the Catholic Church, for example, to be a beacon of honesty and hope going forward. But unfortunately, uh, even that can become corrupt. I think so. Yes, I do. I, it's it's too bad. And, you know, the other thing I noticed about, let me jump back into about traveling. There were so many signs in the airport that said, be kind, don't get angry, respect the people that are around you. And I thought, oh my gosh, 
you know, it seems like this nation, our nation is sort of having a collective nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. That we have to be reminded to be nice. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just gotten crazy. What happened to civility? Well, Boo, I'm happy that, it, first of all, that you got home safely, that you had a successful trip to the Paradise Coast. And uh, anyhow, interesting conversation. And I, I don't know that we got any resolution about the Pope and what's happening in Canada. But nevertheless, it was really a fascinating discussion. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Bob. All right. Great day. You as well. Thank you, Boo. All right. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. School Choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America and is now supported by three out of four voters. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior schools of choice. Optima's goal is the successful launch of Hillsdale College, classical academies, and other schools of excellence serving kindergarten through 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. A terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy opened this fall in a classical virtual school. Optima Classical Academy will open in 2022. Find out more by visiting OptimaEd.org. Help children in Florida optimize their education opportunities. Visit www.OptimaEd.org. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. Choice Social is a new, refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce size to sort of influence the government, and it's a a waning group of us. It's a big task, and you're right. Sometimes we feel like a, just a standing in the wilderness waving a white flag. 
<laughs> hey, you wrote such an interesting. Like we're calling it an airstrike on ourselves. Oh, yeah, exactly. Say so, you know you you wrote such an interesting piece. College is for dummies. Intellectual property edition. So fascinating. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, you know, some 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 would say maybe it's bad to pick on a college kid, but God knows they run their mouths enough, and it's just. It, Given his circumstances and where he was, I thought it was interesting. Um, the University of Maryland at College Park is it, it, it's, a, it's a little bit close to home for me and you, too. I was born in Alexandria, Virginia, so you know I grew up watching UVA basketball, and they played in Maryland when they were both in the ACC. So anyway, it was kind of a small thing. Their, their newspaper, their college newspaper, is called the Diamondback. And he wrote an article, this kid wrote an article, I won't say his name because I won't embarrass him any further. But anyway, it's linked to in the article. But he wrote this article and it was just this talking point Pez Dispenser article about how patents get in the way of innovation. <laughs> and, and just that's so, you know, I said, you know, I said, that's like saying water gets in the way of hydration. Right. Uh, it's just so antithetical to reality. And of course, you know, I, I, I didn't like school. I, when I was four, I in Falls Church, Virginia, I, I left preschool and walked home across eight lanes of Route 50. You know Route 50. <laughs> yes, I do. You're from D.C. <laughs> to this day, my parents are like, I, we don't know how you got across Route 50. Yeah. Um, but I never liked school. In my senior year of high school, Christmas break, I, I don't know why it was news to them, but I said, I don't want to go to college. And they, you know, it was a very unpleasant Christmas break because we were fighting the entire time about it. And they made me go and I wasted my time and their money. And I wanted to be a musician and I'd, I'd, I'd rather have spent my 18 through 22 years trying to sell records rather than wasting my time in college. But anyway, um, I just, the, the, you know, I knew it was a left you know, they were all leftist claptrap factories and I didn't want to waste my time there. And so anyway, I, I didn't like the concept. And because of this, now you, this kid writes a stupid anti-patent piece, which is just so completely dumb on its face. And, and you know, the, the, the college newspaper publishes it. But what I, what I, what I think was, of course, m many of the largest patent holders in the world are U.S. universities, uh -huh. and again, you know, it, it, and, and I, I, I to, 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 in defense of the kid, I pointed out, I said, you know, this isn't going on for a long time. These, our, our government school system has been churning out indoctrinated idiots for decades. Here's here's a bunch of other articles of, of people saying the same thing about patents that this kid is, and they're not in college; they're adults and should know better, and and all this. But what I pointed out was there are the top, you know, the, the top patent holders in the world are U.S. universities. So here's a kid going to a school that has that currently holds 680 patents. Wow. The University of Maryland holds currently holds 680 patents, and they're not informing this kid at their, I don't know, $30,000, $40,000, you know, if he's out of state, Maryland's a state school, so I'm sure it's cheaper if you're from Maryland. Um, but anyway, they're not informing this kid about patents properly yeah. when, they own, when they hold 680 patents, that patents are important to innovation. And, and you know, and he cites all this stupid historical stuff. 
We always invented stuff in human history. We didn't need a patent system to do it. And <laughs> if you look at the condensed timeline of how quickly America became the dominant force on the planet. Right. And it was because we had patent protection. That's right. You condensed thousands of years of innovation into 200 years because we, we, we protected the inventor. And, you know, it's just he knows nothing about history. He knows nothing about patents. And, you know, here he is in college. You know, the, the allegedly greatest you know, school system in the, on the planet is the United States school system. And he's 22 years old, completely ignorant about the planet, its history, and what makes it work. Well, what's sad is to actually not only be ignorant, it's to, to, to voice it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. yes. Uh, I, I was debating a, a leftist professor. Now, granted, it was in Texas, and it was at a conservative organization's event, so I had a home field advantage. But he said something, and he was very haughty about it, and I, I just let it l l linger in the air for a minute, and my first response to him was, there are very few things in life more annoying than someone who is at once condescending and wrong. <laughs> and and that's this kid, you know, you know, all, never right, always, in, you know, always wrong, never in doubt. That's these kids, you know, we're producing these kids who are, you know, we, we fixate on their egos, their self-worth and their self-esteem and. You know how you get self-esteem? You know stuff that's correct, and you earn it, and you and you succeed. That's how you get self-esteem. You don't. You don't. It's not a birthright. It was and, so yeah, so interesting to me that, that there's actually that many patents owned by the university. That is, you would think of most patents being owned by individuals. It's <laughs> no. This has been this has been the problem. I wrote about this years ago. Eisenhower's famous military-industrial complex speech yeah. warned a lot more about lot, a lot more than the military-industrial complex. He watched the Manhattan Project in person, which was when we government funded the development of the nuclear weapon. And he said, I'm very worried about the government funding science. Yep. Because then it becomes a chase for the for the grant, not for the for the 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 objective. Not it becomes a, the objective becomes the grant, not scientific advancement. Was well, he prescient? And, Indeed, he that that is so so uh, important right now. We're seeing so many people with their, their bias in science is just unbelievable. Just found out Dr. Burke said, "Oh yeah, we had no idea what we were talking about when we were locking people out of their jobs and out of society <laughs> for two years." That's government science. Yeah, that's what Eisenhower was talking about. Exactly. And so, and and so, what happened is, of course, we had the government partnering with these universities, and that's where all this climate change nonsense comes from. Right, is from government funding. You know, the, uh, my joke is the last sentence of every climate change research project is, but this requires more study. Right, which means we need another grant from the federal government, please. Absolutely, and, and, and of course. No grants go to any climate skeptics, right? No, no climate change skeptics get government money. Well, if you if you are a skeptic, if you voice it once, you, your your days of getting grants are over. <laughs> yes, no, that's right. You get excommunicated. Um, real quick, uh, Ben Stein did a great. Speaking of colleges, Ben Stein did a great documentary 15 years ago now called Expelled, and he he talked to a bunch of people who all they did. In, in many instances, was just mentioned the possibility of intelligent design for the universe, meaning there's the, the human cell and the human genome, and just you'd have to win like you'd have to hit 
58 million slot machines in a row to randomly land at our DNA code, right? Yeah. And, and, and anybody that mentioned the fact that there may be an intelligent designer got expelled from the academy, whether they worked at colleges, whether they worked at the Smithsonian, you know, they, they were just they were just immediately drummed out of the organization, yeah. uh, out of the out of the system if they if they express any any sympathy for this possibility. Yeah, Seton Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government. LessGovernment.org is the website, and you can visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She is the author of Greetings from Paradise. Uh, she also uh, very knowledgeable about uh, what's happening in the universe, is in the uh, nation, uh, what's happening globally, as well as what's happening locally here. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely well-informed of what's going on around the globe as well as right here locally on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Morning. Good morning. Hey, does this strike you unusually uh, weird that uh, we have this two-tier address system? Deborah Burks writes a book about how she lied to the American public about the COVID vice. She never, she said she she knew the viruses wouldn't work. She said she knew the viruses were not 
And then she's getting up pontificating at us daily in uh, President Trump's press uh, conferences and telling us that, you know, we need to mask up. We need to do all the why, things. Why wasn't she? Why wasn't she? Why wasn't she Roger Stone? Why wasn't CNN at her front door with a SWAT team? Yeah. And did you know this morning, I read this morning that Fauci has doubled down on this masking stuff. He said if he knew then what he knew now, he would have encouraged us to have even more lockdowns, more separation, six-foot separation, and so forth. You know what? I'm, I've gotten to the point where I'm just, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I mean, if people, I, I, won't, I won't go up to people um, and, and say, are you, you know, are you really that stupid that you're still wearing that mask? <laughs> but I'm close. Yeah. I'm close. Yeah. Because these people are just deaf, dumb, and blind. And they, it, it's scary that there are people out there that just, they just believe these, uh, just believe without even questioning it that these, um, these uh, people at the NIH, uh, Fauci and Burks and all these people, they just do whatever they say, and yeah. it's, it's just stunning to me. Well, if there was ever a time in history where we should question authority, it is now, because right now the CDC has been weaponized. You know, I believe Joseph Lopato is our Surgeon General here in Florida, and if he said, you know, it's a good idea to put on a mask, I'd give it serious consideration, because I believe him. He's an honest man, and I think— I'd still check it out. Believe me, I don't have any, any confidence in the yeah. medical community— I don't care who it is at this point. Yeah, no, but I understand what I'm saying is, uh, what we all, we have proof positive right now that the CDC has misled us, and we have, for example, uh, people like Fauci who never references what's happened in true science, and we have uh, now Deborah Burks who's basically saying that she never believed that the the, the vaccines would work. Didn't she say that? She said that we should mask up. I mean, it's unbelievable. That's it. And she said it on uh, again on Neil Cavuto's show the other day. And and he's just looked like a deer in headlights. Like, oh, really? Didn't even push back. Here's a guy who took all the all the vaccines, got the boosters, ended up in the hospital twice yeah. with COVID. Yeah. Oh well, I'm glad I took the vaccines. Are you stupid? <laughs> what do you think gave you the 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 vac or the the COVID for heaven's sake? Yeah. And and what's what's interesting now is even the Naples Daily News is going, oh, you know, COVID COVID cases are up. Well, put two and two together, people. Yeah. No. The uh, the the science now is that the the people who have been vaccinated are more vulnerable to follow-up follow cases of COVID from the new strains right now. That's That's been proven now. So You know, what in, in um, Robert F. Kennedy's book, these words still stun me. Mm -hmm. that, the, that it was said that years ago, the CDC was almost going to be shut down because they were out of money. And the leader then said, oh, we need to figure out how to scare the American people so we can get money back in and and not shut this down wow that wasn't uh, yep uh, in yep. his book i've got it underlined and i flagged the page and these people they don't care what happens to the american people they don't care how they drug them it's all about the money well it certainly seems that way i mean you could certainly make that case when you take a look at what's happened because the information we received uh, an, ex an exaggeration on the number of deaths caused by COVID-19. There are some people COVID with COVID-19. Somebody dies in a motorcycle accident and they died with COVID-19. They're on the list. By so the way, um, the flu that they thought up in order to make the CDC money was the swine flu. Yeah. And, and it is just, the more I find out about the evil that is running uh, this country, yeah. 
I'm surprised. You know, I was t talking to you the other day about how I loved um, the Broadway show and and uh, the movie Les Mis, Les Misérables, yeah. and and the way the people just said, "Enough, enough." And I'm wondering when the people in the United States. I mean, I'm I'm sure you know Bannon's got everybody fired up. I know that there are a lot of people who are saying enough. But but yet we still see these people masked up and oh yeah 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 we got to do what what Fauci says that guy's a little Hitler in my opinion and and he's just I can't believe that that the people on TV are still um, having him on. Well, uh, my 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 belief is that the 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 uh, the, the uh, nucleus the critical mass of people who have had enough is growing larger and larger. And I think it's uh, really made up of people who are in the Make America Great Again camp. Well, I told you that I sent the, I don't know if I was, I sent the statistics about, uh, or the, the quotes of Deborah Burks up to um, a friend of ours um, who lives in New Hampshire when she's not in Naples. And she said that, that New Hampshire, which was a blue state, is now turning purple because people have just had it. Yeah. They've just had it. Yeah. And, um, and I, I have to laugh, um, after watching Trump this weekend at, at uh, Turning Point USA Student Action Committee thing and, and Ron DeSantis and whatever, I find it so amusing, and this is far from when what we started on, but that Gavin Newsom is doing commercials in, in Florida and saying how oppressed we are and whatever. <laughs> he thinks we're stupid. He thinks we're absolutely stupid. Meanwhile, DeSantis quoted... How many people have fled California, California Illinois, and, and so much so that 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 um, they're having what is it? Um, there's they don't take away a voting block, but they take a one congressional seat away. Yeah, because they're not the people are flooding out of California, and he thinks we we're not paying attention. Yeah, they certainly are paying attention. So I mean, he's just basically delusional to think that he can run commercials. He's making people laugh because of that. Those commercials are so foolish. You know, you know who else is making uh, putting commercials on that DeSantis is such a demon is Charlie Crist. That guy is just he is just. A chameleon. Oh, <laughs> it's 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 unbelievable to watch. But anyway, getting back to it, I, I just Deborah Burks belongs in an orange jumpsuit. Yeah, and, and she doesn't and she doesn't even care. She goes on all these television shows and says, "Oh yeah, I know, I knew the vaccines wouldn't work." The businesses that have closed. Yeah, the people who who have suffered because of her lies is just. Yes, and so what's interesting is, again, she wrote a book about it. It's all detailed in her book. So, again, uh, you don't need to do an investigation. You just need to read her book and go arrest her, quite I frankly. Wouldn't, I wouldn't pay a farthing for that book. Yeah, I agree. Linda Harden, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow, we're going to visit with our U.S. Congressman, Byron Donalds. He'll be with us. Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. And Andrew Joppa will be with us as well, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Always appreciate your comments here on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. We'd appreciate that, too, and uh, uh, support our advertisers. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>